Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Good to have you aboard with us and a happy early or maybe Thanksgiving to you all. We appreciate you. We're thankful for you, each and every one of you, for listening, supporting, being a part of the Locked On Washington football team podcast, the Locked On Podcast Network, and everything we try and do on a daily basis for sports fans and Washington football fans. David Harrison is out for this edition. He'll return with a crossover edition, getting ready for the Seattle Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Uh, We will be on a little bit of an abridged version uh, and schedule because of the Thanksgiving holiday. So please, please, please enjoy the time uh, with your family, your friends. Do the right thing. Don't do anything stupid. Eat food, uh, food, family, fun, in a safe context. Let's put it that way. All right. We are appreciative again of you. Thanks for making your, uh, the Locked On Washington football team podcast, your first listen of the day. Of course, we are free and available on all platforms. Let's get to it. We're going to be joined by Logan Paulson, longtime NFL tight end, Washington football team analyst, Washington football team host um, on various different outlets, including NBC Sports Washington, Washington football team today with Julie Donaldson, uh, and of course, game day coverage on the Team 980 and 106.7, the fan uh, available on the Odyssey app, which is where this podcast is, of course, available. Some of you might be listening off of the Odyssey app. So let's get you uh, a couple of things here. There was a couple of small little roster moves. Uh, The Washington football team released Anthony Hines, a linebacker, and Damian Willis off of their practice squad. Nobody added as of Tuesday night. Um, But it was interesting because we did find out a little bit more, although we don't have an exact timeline on now starting center Tyler Larson, who has been filling in for Chase Roulier, uh, first reported by Ben Standing of The Athletic, Tyler Larson with a sprained MCL. We don't know the grade, but usually, usually those are two to four week type-ish injuries. He could go on IR. We don't know. Uh, it doesn't seem like he would be able to play on Monday, but again, we cannot rule that out in any way. Uh, I would just say don't count on it, and I would expect Wes Schweitzer uh, to be in the starting lineup at center as Washington deals with all sorts of continuing injuries along that offensive line, but getting good production. So that is a couple of the roster machinations, uh, if you will. Um, One other thing that I wanted to bring up in this short first segment that uh, we have with you, uh, and that is the Washington football team is, according to our hosts on the Locked On Podcast Network, The 21st ranked team in the NFL, again, according to a weekly polling and sampling of hosts. Now, in full disclosure, I I don't know if David actually participated in this. I know I did not. I did not vote uh, in this particular week. Um, And Washington is up from 25 to now 21 after the second straight win. Their highest vote in the ranking was 18. Their lowest vote was 23. So that's something to keep in mind. They were one spot below 
the Philadelphia Eagles, who have been heating up, certainly with Jalen Hurts and his running prowess and ability, uh, they were up one spot, meaning Philadelphia from 21, where Washington now is, to 20 after their beatdown of the New Orleans Saints, 40-29 to on Sunday. One team that I disagree kind of with, and I know the, the, the record might indicate otherwise, is the Las Vegas Raiders. I think the Raiders are going in the absolute wrong direction, uh, obviously after losing John Gruden. Uh, and uh, Henry Ruggs III, uh, and uh, cutting Damon Arnett uh, just seems to be going in the wrong direction. This is more of a feel thing. I guess we'll find out together on the field next Sunday in Las Vegas who the better team is. Uh, but one thing that I would keep in mind is I think Washington's heading in the right direction clearly over the Las Vegas Raiders, the Pittsburgh Steelers at number 18, the New Orleans Saints at number 17. Remember, the Saints do have the Washington football team in the head-to-head tiebreaker, but Washington has the head-to-head tiebreaker over Atlanta, the New York Giants, who lost again and fired Jason Garrett on Tuesday. They lost on Monday night, uh, and also the Carolina Panthers. So a couple of things to keep in mind uh, when it comes to stanks, uh, to when it comes to rankings and standings is what he wanted to say. Got too many things on my mind, guys. Appreciate you being with us right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. We are going to take a quick timeout and make plenty of room for Logan Paulson. Good conversation that I had with him on my radio show, the Russell and Medhurst Show, 3 to 7, Monday through Friday, on the Washington football team flagship station, the Team 980, and, of course, the Odyssey app. So we will come back, and we will listen to part one of that conversation uh, and then make way for part two. You're going to want to stay with us because he goes into, obviously, what he's seeing out of Taylor Heineke, what has been the reason for the success, and I think a couple of good back and forths between Logan and myself about Antonio Gibson and about the offensive line and Scott Turner's deployment of wide receivers. So I think you're going to like it if you're a big X and O type guy. Logan Paulson coming up next right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Guys, again, happy Thanksgiving, and Bet Online wants you to celebrate with them and with football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey, stuffing, and betting. How about that? Bet Online has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website. Sign up today. I'm on there all the time and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. That's Locked On to receive your bonus. It's not just football, guys. Bet Online has pro and college hoops. Lots of that going on this holiday week. NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for you in this 2021 holiday season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, once again, thanks for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen each and every day. I'm Chris Russell, flying solo. David Harrison is out on this particular episode. He'll return with a crossover edition, and then we will get you back together before the Monday night game leading into next week. Of course, Washington at 4-6, and six, hosting the 3-7 and seven Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. FedEx Fields uh, Monday night about 8-15 Eastern time for your kickoff. 
and we will have you covered both before the game and, of course, after the game. All right, let's hear from Logan Paulson, part one of my conversation uh, about what the Washington football team organization and Logan Paulson and several alumni did on Tuesday uh, for a, a great cause and a great charitable endeavor. It's one of the reasons why we wanted to have him on. Uh, it is a crown jewel, if you will, of the charitable calendar for the organization. They've always done a good job uh, with this. And then also we get into Taylor Heineke and his development. Logan underscore Paulson, 82. It is the aforementioned Logan Paulson. Happy Thanksgiving, pal, to you and your family. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours as well. Yeah, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you making uh, time for us, as always. Uh, before we get into the football stuff, I know you you and a bunch of other people, um, you know, with the Charitable Foundation and sponsors uh, and the Washington football team organization did a really good thing today. It's the annual Harvest uh, Feast. I, I know some people have made fun of, you know, Bruce Allen in years past uh, for all of that stuff, but that is a really cool event. I've been to a, a number of them and a great cause. Did you have a good time out there, uh, obviously helping out some people uh, here in advance of Thanksgiving? Yeah, man, I had a great time. Yeah, I think, like you said, it's just a great opportunity to kind of interact with the community. Like the dance team was there, the DJ, and everyone was having a great time. And um, it's just nice to be able to kind of help families, you know, who maybe don't, don't have as much to, you know, experience Thanksgiving the way it's supposed to be experienced, you know, with good food, good people, and good uh, and, and family. So it was a really awesome experience. Everyone was out there, so it was, a, it was an awesome time. Uh, excellent. Uh, and I know the organization works really hard to put on that event and, again, can't do it with about, without a lot of uh, their big-time sponsors, uh, you know, so people doing really good things for people in a need uh, right around the holidays. All right, so the feelings around the organization, a lot different now than they were two weeks ago a two-game winning streak doesn't seem like a lot obviously and they have a lot more to go you know that i know that ron rivera knows but when you guys would win a couple of games in a row regardless of record how much based on any of your experiences would that just change you know i don't know like guys enjoying coming to work and guys enjoying practicing and beating each other up did it have a big big effect that you could see or was it kind of small mild not really until maybe you got three four five six wins in a row in the bank well i think you know you, you know as well as i do when uh in, in the nfl when you get a w everyone is a little bit happier right. the janitor is a little bit happier yeah. because everyone's <laughs> in a better mood right yeah and i think the way that this football team ha- won these last two games you know the physical way they were playing the game the, the way they were executing on offense and defense. I think that if I was on this team, I would have a lot of optimism coming into work every day because it's like, oh, we've got it figured out. Something's clicking. The quarterback's playing better. Defense has the, the back-end coverage stuff figured out. And, you know, we've got good guys, young guys stepping up in key roles. Like, I think the energy in that building is probably really exciting. And the idea is that you want to keep focused and keep going and get more and more and more. And it's infectious when you get wins like this. And, uh, you know, you were there in 2012. You remember how that locker room was. Everyone was fired up. Everyone believed they were going to win. And it all it takes is a couple in a row to kind of get that belief started. So, well, you know, you mentioned that 2012 season, and of course, you remember uh, because you you played three and six going into the bye, and even all the hype with Robert and so on and so forth. You know, 
three and six. And then you guys come out and you spank Andy Reid in Philadelphia. And they weren't good that year. And then four days later, four and a half days later, go down and win that big game on Thanksgiving in Dallas. And then it just, like you said, continued and spiraled. But after those two wins, if you remember back, you, you know, I guess before it, you know, two became four and four became six, you could feel it turning, right? I, I mean, like you said, the janitor is in a better mood. Of, of, of course, any win is going to help. But you know what I'm saying. Like, when you're bad, two wins doesn't necessarily turn everything around. But in this case, I, I don't know, Logan. Maybe it's because of the quality of opponent. Maybe it's because of the improved play of the defense. And Heineken will get to all that stuff in a sec. I really do feel two wins is more significant than just two wins. I think it feels that way, right? Yeah, but yeah. I'm a guy. I like data. I like data points, I, right? I, I like to see to see things come, uh, stacked on top of each other. But I will say, you look at that Tampa Bay game. You say, man, that defense played lights out. The Gibson looks to be back to kind of his physical self. Obviously, he's still dealing with that fumbling issue, but he is a special runner. That mm-hmm. old line. I can't. You know, I watch a lot of film during the week and. Of the guys I watched, that that group is playing, you know, I'd say top five in the NFL at the moment. And credit to them because they kind of took a whole bunch of pieces that no one thought would work together, and they've blended so nicely. They've relied on a lot of guys for depth. That's exciting, right? That group's playing at a super high level from a run blocking and a pass protection standpoint. And the other thing that's been really exciting to me is the depth at wide receiver that's starting to come alive. Obviously, everyone knows DeAndre Carter. It's been nice to get Cam Sims Mm -hmm. back on the field making some plays against Carolina making the plays against Tampa Bay, drawing a P.I. in the red zone. Fantastic job by him. And I think, you know, uh, Dax Milne and then Humphreys has shown up on some key third downs. So all of a sudden there's weapons there that are starting to make plays and starting to find roles, which makes it feel like this is maybe more sustainable. And then the most important piece, in my opinion, is Taylor Heineke. Obviously big win against Tampa Bay, making some tough throws. But I do think, you know, in that game he kind of had a couple plays where you're like, oh, that could have been picked off or that was right in the defender's hands. And then all of a sudden against Carolina – that player was completely gone. Nothing for him. There were no bad decisions. He made good decisions as a runner, made good decisions as a thrower. And that, to me, I'm like, okay, now he's playing better. All these things I just listed offensively, maybe we're turning a corner here. And it gives me optimism going into Monday night against kind of a limping Seattle team. Yep. In addition to his game day coverage here on 980 and 106.7 The Fan with Greg Hoffman, Logan Paulson, you can check him out throughout the week uh, as part of the Washington football team uh, in-house television, uh, uh, I guess, efforts, uh, if you will, Washington Football Today, Julie Donaldson's show, NBC Sports Washington, uh, WashingtonFootball.com, all that good stuff, breaking down the tape as always. And again, check him out on Instagram at Logan. I keep doing that. Logan underscore Paulson, 82. (laughs) I do that every time with you because I I never give out Instagram handles, so I'm so used to giving out Twitter handles. And you're not on Twitter. You're only on Instagram. Uh, but either way, you know what I'm talking about. Logan underscore Paulson, yeah. uh, 82. All right, so you mentioned a couple of things, and I wanted to zero in uh, a little bit with you. Um, first with Heineke. Uh, to me, uh, you know, Ron said he's doing a better job of throwing the ball more than placing the ball. Uh, clearly, yeah. we saw in the throw – to Cam Sims inside the red zone, uh, a little, uh, whatever you would call it, a slant, uh, maybe a skinny post, just a bullet, right, perfect, tight window, all that. The throw to Terry, uh, where Terry had to go up and snatch it. Uh, maybe it wasn't the perfect uh, throw. Same thing with the throw to DeAndre Carter. What are you seeing when it comes to Taylor as the biggest difference between now and what we saw in the first half? Is it just confidence and experience, or is it something else? 
So I think obviously he still has some of those physical limitations with the arm, which show up every once in a while. But what I do see is a guy who's playing with more confidence and knows where to go with the football. Like I think, I don't know if I talked to you, but during the bye week, I went back and watched all of the strike zone and red zone plays Mm -hmm. from the last three games. So it was like New Orleans, Kansas City, Green Bay. And, you know, I was giving Scott Turner a hard time because I thought the offense was, like, you know, not imaginative and not putting guys in good situations to be successful. But then you go back and watch those situations and you say, man, there's throws here. For whatever reason, Heineke's just not seeing the field. And I feel like all of those kind of question mark plays that came out of that three-game evaluation, he's been making them now. And I don't know if the bye was just a good time for him to reset mentally, kind of revisit the playbook. I think Scott Turner in the bye week did a great job with some self-scout stuff. And, like, you see that in the run game. You see that in some of the concepts they've added. A couple choice routes come to mind in the Tampa Bay game with the two running backs. I love that. And I feel like they've just made it a little bit easier for him to kind of find his comfort zone with some of the pass concepts. So big hats off to Scott Turner, but also hats off to Heineke for kind of embracing that with both arms. And and you see it. He just looks more comfortable, more confident. And that makes him an exciting player to watch coming next week. Because I'm like, I think he's gaining some momentum. And that momentum in the NFL especially – can can make a player dangerous. Yeah, no doubt about it. Love it. Um, all right, so let me uh, l- let me ask you this. Uh, Rick Snyder, uh, longtime veteran columnist, you know, said, well, he's going to be the veteran quarterback next year, which is not exactly a stretch. He doesn't say he's going to definitely be the starter, doesn't say he's definitely the franchise quarterback, and nobody should say that, uh, certainly not just based on what we know. But if you had to make a dis- or, or a guess – uh, for next year, okay, which I know is rough to ask you. What, I mean, I think we would both agree, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, that he'll be a part of the mix. I don't see any reason yeah. why he wouldn't be. But do you think, uh, based on what we have right now, not what might still happen, that what we have right now is enough to say, uh, maybe you don't have to go after a Deshaun Watson or an Aaron Rodgers or a Matt Ryan type, meaning uh, the big veteran you know, quarterback acquisition. Maybe you can go a different way, either a young kid to draft uh, or maybe a Mitch Trubisky type, you know, a, a lesser tiered veteran. So as of right now, today, which is the what is this, the week of Thanksgiving? Yes. I would say no. He has not given you enough information to say we're not going to do that. And uh, even if he plays, this is just my assumption, uh, assumption and assertion here that even if he plays the same way he played these last two games, I think you still you got to kick the tires on quarterbacks because this is a quarterback-driven league. And if you have an opportunity to upgrade and the price is right and the player's right, mm. you should absolutely do it. I know fans want to be loyal to to the player for all that he's done and all he's going to do for the organization because I think he'll be here next year kind of no matter what. Right. It's just about what his role is in the organization. And I, I think you kick the tires. Like Baker Mayfield looks like they might not renew his contract. You kick the tires on that. You look at Matt Ryan. You look at some of these guys. And if the situation is right, between the organization and the player, I think you go for it. Now, I think that decision gets harder if he continues to play this way, but I do think some of his physical limitations in terms of arm talent, I don't think jive 100% with what this offense wants to be, which is a little bit more downfield passing mm-hmm. attack. So I think that's always going to kind of be in the back of their mind, like, oh, you know, hey, we could probably do better, um, you know, in terms of arm talent with kind of anybody. But I do think what he does, he brings tremendous playmaking ability, obviously kind of his, his athleticism has been talked about at nauseum. But also I do think he's a smart guy. I think yeah. ultimately like that's what the quarterback position is. All right, once again, that is part one of our conversation with Logan Paulson, former 
Washington football tight end, a longtime NFL tight end, played with the Bears, the Falcons, Houston Texans, uh, San Francisco 49ers. Logan's done it all, now doing a lot of broadcasting work, uh, both with the Washington football team, 1067, the fan, Team 980, all on Odyssey uh, and on his Instagram, Logan underscore Paulson82. Part two of our conversation, you're going to want to hear this about the deployment of wide receivers and Antonio Gibson and more coming up next. Guys, let me tell you, after you eat your turkey and your stuffing and your mashed potatoes, you're not going to want to eat pumpkin or apple pie, right? Why not? Because you're going to be stuffed and because you're going to have too many carbs and too many bad things for you, even though they taste so wonderful. So what I want you to do is instead of getting that piece of apple pie, whipped cream, instead of getting that pumpkin pie, this Thanksgiving, Black Friday, this weekend, whenever, is try a Built Bar. That's right. Have a Built Bar instead of all that other nonsense. Built Bars are awesome. They're soft and easy to chew, 100% covered in real chocolate. They're not waxy. They're not chalky. They are a great, great protein bar that doesn't taste like a protein bar. But they're going to give you lots of good stuff in your body, lots of fuel, and again, much better for you than that sugary piece of pie that you're about to grab. Built Bars are, again, low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, high in protein, all the healthy benefits, and, again, purely delicious. They're coming out with new flavors every couple of days at Built.com. Whatever flavor you want, David loves mint brownie. I love peanut butter brownie, but I love... uh, the birthday cake with sprinkles mini bites are awesome. Try those. You're going to love them. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, wrapping up the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Again, I'm Chris Russell flying solo. David Harrison back later on this Thanksgiving week. Again, happy Thanksgiving and a healthy Thanksgiving to you and your family. We thank you for being with us all throughout the year and especially, of course, this week as well we get set for the monday night showdown seattle and washington logan paulson rejoining us for part two of my conversation from my radio show the russell and medhurst show the team 980 the washington football team flagship station three to seven with pete medhurst here's part two of that conversation can you make up for a lack of superior arm talent with better timing and anticipation or can you or or are those things not necessarily connected and meaning you have to almost treat them separately one thousand percent. You see the like some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, like Peyton Manning, near the tail end of his career. Drew Brees, Tom Brady. The reason they're successful is because they see and understand what defenses are doing so well. And so that's one thing that I always kind of keep in the back of my mind with Taylor Heineke. This is his tenth tenth start, eleventh mm-hmm. start in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like he's still learning the speed and the pride and what it takes to process the game at this high level. He doesn't really have a veteran in the room anymore, which is too bad because I think Fitzpatrick would have been an awesome mentor for him, but. He's got to kind of figure this out on his own. And he, according to the last two data points we've got, the last two games, it seems that he's processing quicker. He's understanding right. what the defense is trying to do pre-snap. He's getting the ball out of his hands quickly, more demonstratively, more assertively. All those things are great, and all those things, to me, kind of inform the, the notion that he's seeing and processing better. And like you said, those things can help overcome some, some physical deficiencies. And, that, and we've seen that. There's plenty of precedent for that. 
Absolutely. Logan uh, underscore Paulson, 82. I almost did it again. Logan, (laughs) (laughs) I almost did the at thing again. Uh, Logan underscore Paulson, 82 on Instagram. Of course, watch him uh, throughout the week on the Washington football uh, team broadcasts uh, and in-house production with Julie Donaldson, NBC Sports Washington. Of course, game day coverage with Greg Hoffman here on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980. Uh, Logan Paulson with us on the BetQL guest hotline. All right, I wanted to ask you about that offensive line. You mentioned it. Um, specifically the left side, we know they've been beat up to no end on the right side. I thought Sheriff struggled a little bit the other day. Uh, you know, again, Cosme and Lucas have been switching in and out the last couple of weeks, uh, and now they're really beat up at center. It looks like Larson's going to be gone uh, for a week or two and, and, and on their third center. But specifically Flowers and Leno. Uh, I thought Leno at times struggled earlier in this year, and he's, you know, he gave up the big hit on Fitzpatrick that knocked him out for the year. But Flowers has been really, really good and very physical. What have you seen, and are they running, I guess, more, uh, you know, it seems like they're running more off tackle, more more zone. Uh, Like, are, are you, what are you seeing, I guess, out of that group in terms of what's making them so good? Well, I'm seeing a group. I, so before the buy, I thought they were running a lot of RPO, you know, run mm-hmm. pass option. And one of the things about RPO is you kind of have to push the target. So the double teams get really lateral and everything gets pushed kind of sideways as opposed to being able to get downhill on the double team and give the, the back cuts, right? But RPO gives you a ton of advantage because, you, you know, you put the defense in a bind. And it looks like over the last two games, they've gotten away from the RPO a little bit more in an effort to kind of let their O-line go eat a little bit, go hunt. And what I liked against Carolina, what I liked against Tampa Bay, is they were physical on their double teams and they were nasty, you know. And I think that that's something that's, again, that's supported by a little bit of a subtle change in scheme Mm -hmm. that has allowed these guys to play in a more aggressive way. I agree with you. Leno, I think, struggled a little bit early. Not struggled, that would be a strong word, but he's definitely playing better. Mr. Consistency seems to be over the last couple of weeks. Flowers is a guy that I've liked tremendously kind of from day one you know like he's no one's talking about him and that's a good thing when you're playing guard and but you know they like to run to that side he creates good movement he's physical football player Uh, obviously Cosby was good when he was playing Lucas I think has been kind of the the most valuable piece of this offense like you know everyone remembers Ty and Secchi when he was here having a swing guy you could play right and left and you're not going to beat and not miss a beat within this offense I think it's totally fantastic and then Wes Schweitzer's a guy that no one's talking about but he plays both guard spots. He plays center. He came in mm-hmm. and was blocking people's faces off, and that's yep. exciting. You know, when you got that kind of depth on the O-line, you can just move pieces in and out. And the guy that we're not even talking about is Brandon Sheriff, who had an okay game coming back from injury, but, you know, is still one of the best guards in the NFL. So I think that that just speaks to what this group has done in terms of cultivating a bunch of just, like, tough guys, just a tough group that is maybe not individually very good, but when they're together, the plan lights out. All right, two more things. Um, I wanted to know, uh, when I noticed on Sunday, and um, I wish I could show you just so you know the plays I'm talking about, but the one to Terry McLaurin where he kind of ran like from the left uh, across the formation to the right 30 yards uh, early on in that game was one play. There were a couple of other plays where Scott Turner, it seemed like on a, on a couple of big passing plays, he had three receivers uh, to one side of the formation uh, and the line of scrimmage, right, uh, or the play, yeah. and 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 in different ways. Like one time they were one one one, like one right next to each other, and Terry 
was in the middle, and he caught a big pass. One was out of a triple bunch spray, I think, on a third and 12 or whatever it was, and Humphreys caught one. And then and then that play that I'm talking about where they lined up. So, so basically what I'm trying to get at is they had success with three receivers overloaded to one side. I'm sh- I know they had other success, but specifically about that, what do you think like a, 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 a trips-type formation does to an opposing defense that makes it successful? Does it force a certain type of coverage? Does it cause or create confusion? Oh, my gosh. Man, Chris, we could talk about this all day. <laughs> you've, kind of opened, you've opened, you've opened Pand- Pandora's box here a little bit. So three-by-one passing strength, basically you push and you overload a zone before the, before the uh, snap even starts. Right. So defense has to accommodate in terms of rotation and how like the linebackers are going to drop because they understand that that zone now is deficient in coverage players and they need to move to accommodate. Obviously, versus man-to-man coverage, if you get in a bunch, you force the defenders to have to get on different levels and you can get free releases for guys and natural picks, which is what they did. And you didn't, you didn't know you were doing this, but one of the things that I noticed is two weeks in a row – Taylor Heineke's got very situational man coverage responses by the defense because of their defensive philosophy, mm. Carolina and Tampa Bay. He seems to shred those situational man coverages. So I'm, that's another thing that I'm kind of holding with bated breath and watching in terms of Taylor Heineke is when he doesn't know that it's man coverage, can he still execute at this really high level in terms of processing the defense? And I think the Seattle defense is going to play a little bit more zone. Mm-hmm. And can he handle and digest that? But I think you bring up a great point. Scott Turner's done a great job. He's done a great job throughout the year, really, of scheming throws open, and now Taylor just seems to be executing at a really high level. All right, so good. I'm, glad. I'm excited to see what yeah. this looks like. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear uh, that you gave us that answer. I, I'm excited to see more of, of that. And one last one for you real quick. Um, Antonio Gibson obviously got unofficially, officially benched, what have you, but then he ran hard in the second half. You mentioned that uh, obviously earlier. I think we can all see that. We all know that he was not a natural running back. My question for you is, like in the second half after the, again, proverbial benching, he seemed to be like carrying the ball and almost swinging it back and forth like in a cradle swing. Uh, and I don't know if that description makes sense. Did, did you notice him doing that all along? Or did he have a different style uh, maybe after the benching? Did you notice anything uh, unique I, I or different? Mean- I didn't notice anything. I probably should go back and watch because I'd be very astute if he was doing something different. Obviously, like on the fumble, I felt like he was um, he was he didn't feel the defender, so he got mm-hmm. loose with the ball. And I think like he, he saw space, and he, like the guy kind of just tipped it out with his finger. That happens if you when you're unaware, you know, like and just cultivating that habit of keeping that ball nice and tight. But like again, like again, I don't know specifically about the ball, but I think you're seeing a guy who's getting healthy. Like that shit doesn't seem to be bothering him the same way. And he is, I mean, every time he touches the ball, I'm like, he is yeah. special. He's big, yeah. he's fast, he's got great contact balance. And I think if he can get this ball security issue tied up, like you got to feel pretty good about him in the second half of the season and what this group can do. All right, and that is indeed going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Thanks so much to Logan Paulson for joining us on the Team 980 and wanted to bring that to you guys. 
conversation in case you didn't get a chance to hear it. Again, David Harrison will be back with another episode shortly as we get set for the Seattle Seahawks. I want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen of the day. Again, David will be back later on in the week. Then we'll reconvene uh, before the Monday night football game. Now make your second listen of the day, the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. If you want to hit the voicemail line, it's 301-615-3577, or LockedWFTPod at gmail.com. Again, for David Harrison, who is covering the Washington football team for SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, co-host of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980. We'll be back with more episodes throughout the week and getting you set for the big Monday night showdown at FedEx Field between the Washington football team and the Seattle Seahawks. This is the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.